You're listening to Lessons from the Boardroom, a business podcast with Kevin Minton, CEO of Chief Executive Boards. Hello, I'm Kevin Minton, and welcome to our podcast. We're excited about hosting our guest today, who co-founded Composite Advantage, a company that's located in Dayton, Ohio. Andy has been instrumental in growing from a startup business to a successful multi-million dollar infrastructure company. His passion lies in technology and product development, and through the years, he spearheaded the launch of more than 10 new product lines that have been the cornerstone of Composite Advantage's successful growth. I'm really excited and looking forward to our conversation where we'll be sharing Andy's journey to success, along with some of the lessons that he's learned along the way. Please join me in welcoming our guest today, Mr. Andy Loth. Andy, it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Welcome to our podcast. Oh, thanks, Kevin. It's great to be here. Uh, look forward to talking to you about this. Fantastic, Andy. Uh, just so our listeners can get to know you a bit, I'd like to ask you if you'd please take a moment, just share some personal background about yourself before we get started discussing your career. Sure. I'm uh, happily married. I uh, three little kids, they're seven, six, and four years old. Uh, so currently, we're going through the fun of uh, homeschooling through this COVID situation, which uh, has been a fun experience. But yeah, overall, I can't complain. Uh, you know, those three kids definitely keep me busy. Well, I can imagine. And so, uh, Andy, let's let's just kind of dive into a little bit uh, about your business. Tell us about Composite Advantage and what it is that you do. Yeah, Composite Advantage, uh, like you said, is an, an infrastructure company, and we specialize in making large structural fiberglass components. So that can range in a lot of different product families from prefabricated vehicle bridges, pedestrian bridges, rail platforms, fender protection systems, uh, mainly just a lot of heavy um, infrastructure type products that would traditionally be made out of wood, steel, and concrete. Our business model has been to displace steel, wood, and concrete with a material that lasts longer, and that being the fiberglass components that we manufacture. So you know, our business model has really been to be first in market for a lot of these different product offerings through the years. And you know it's pretty much been a cornerstone of our success is being able to intelligently develop these products. Uh, and then obviously, you know, marketing and sales effort to get people to know that they even exist and that, that that's an option. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's a lot of what we do is just what we like to say is big fiberglass stuff. So give us a little history, Andy. How did you get started in this business? Uh, well, for me personally, it, it really started kind of as a little kid. Both my parents owned their own businesses growing up. So you know, I kind of, at a young age, that was very, very normal for me. Uh, so then when it came time to go to college, you know, I chose engineering as a as a degree path. And, you know, once I was done with that, it was time to go out into the workforce. And, you know, all of these, what I call traditional job opportunities were really not that interesting to me, uh, which is, you know, partly because of my background. But, the job I ended up taking was with a nonprofit um, in Dayton, Ohio, uh, and our mission at that company was creating uh, products and then commercializing them. And the underlying goal was job creation. 
Uh, so we did a lot of spin-off companies and such. So I took that job, you know, kind of with the underlying aspect that that's a, that was a possibility for me. And uh, three years after working there, my um, boss and I uh, decided to go out and start Composite Advantage, you know, with the support of that nonprofit. Uh, and that's kind of the foundation of where we started from. And then, you know, from there is obviously a pretty torturous path to get from, you know, what that was 2005 until today. Uh, there's been a lot of twists and turns in that, but, you know, that's how we got started was, you know, just that kind of soft start from that nonprofit, uh, you know, and then, you know, we grew out of that location and other locations and such through the years. So what what was it that gave you the ideas, uh, Andy, for, for you and your partner there to start this particular business? So, you know, back then at that company, we developed a lot of uh, products and processes for um, kind of OEM type, uh, like Boeing's, your, you know, bigger aerospace companies, uh, a lot of oil companies. They didn't actually want to make these components. So they just wanted the technology as an enabling part of something bigger that they were doing. So, not only did we end up having to develop the process or product, we then have to find a manufacturing home for it as well. So as part of this development, you know, Scott and I, uh, my boss at the time that I started Composite Advantage with, uh, decided, well, why don't we just be that house to manufacture these components? Uh, you know, and that's really what gave us the idea, you know, and spearheaded us forward. So we, you know, we approached our CEO at that company at the time, and he thought it was a great idea, and so we went off and did it. Well, fantastic, uh, Andy. It sounds like, uh, you know, you, you've you've had a journey along the way here since 2008, I think it was, when you said that you, you guys went off and started this company. And that leads me to ask you to tell us a little bit about, you know, what's what's been the biggest challenge that you've faced so far? Yeah, obviously there are some smaller ones as being a you know small company and figuring out how to you know even get started and cash flow and things like that. But for me, the biggest was a little more interpersonal, you know, and kind of the overconfidence, which is you know one of the biggest issues I've struggled with is just you know being almost too confident in, in my ability. And some of that comes from starting the company when I was. 26. I mean, being that age, you're generally pretty confident of things anyway. Uh, but, you know, that, that manifests in a lot of kind of negative ways, which hurt our business in the, those early days of, you know, not worrying enough, uh, you know, not enough listening to other people, you know, thinking I'm very good at everything, uh, which in reality isn't true. Uh, too much talking, you know, not enough mentoring, you know, employees that work for us. So, you know, I think overcoming that for me personally as a as a leader has been the hardest part, uh, you know, to kind of enable that success. And I think in the early years, it really held back our ability to 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 grow the business. So, so tell me a little more about that, Andy. That's that's very interesting. And of course, all businesses have different challenges. And so, you starting at a very young age and having a lot of confidence uh, and and so forth that that surely had some repercussions uh, and and probably some setbacks along the way. Do you have any specific examples? Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of them on the the technical side of our operation. Obviously, you know, we're a highly technical operation. So, um, you know, on the engineering side, you know, not li- listening to some of the older, you know, more experienced mentors I had uh, on the on the engineering side, you know, caused me to make a lot of, uh, you know, kind of design development mistakes that could have been pretty easily avoided. Um, you know, I think, you know, we like we were developing a downhole uh, directional drilling pump that there was already a pretty big amount of information out out in the space to to know some of the pitfalls uh, that I was, you know, a little too overconfident to to really listen to the people that were telling me that, and that probably cost us you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of uh, costs. And at the time, you know, that was a huge deal, uh, you know, that could have potentially, uh, you know, bankrupted us back at that point. So, you know, that's one, but I'm sure there are lots of other ones. Well, I'm sure with trying to capitalize a manufacturing facility and then having, you know, having some setbacks and so forth with, with, uh, with what you were talking about, uh, certainly, uh, you, you felt the pains of of trying to grow and get a company off the ground and and so forth. And usually, those kind of challenges that you just mentioned usually take a little bit of time to get over or to get through, work your way through. So how how did you how did you work through that? How did you overcome that, Andy? Uh, yeah, a lot of creativity. Uh, I'd say. I mean, when we started the company, we didn't have any money uh so we didn't have any equity investment to put in the business uh so all of the business was financed through you know vendor or you know customer ca- customer cash flow um you know and bank financing that we could scrap together so you know obviously those mistakes uh you know set that back but you know we were pretty successful in getting you know prepayments from customers uh getting a lot of uh, debt financing and kind of stringing that along, you know, the other big advantage we had back then is, you know, we started inside of the nonprofit facility. So we were able to defer, uh, you know, in this specific example I talked about, we were able to defer payments to them for almost two years. you know, to basically make up for some of those mistakes. And then obviously once we got more profitable, you know, we were able to pay that back. Uh, so, you know, that creativity has been a big part of what we've done, not only on the product development, but also how we pay for everything. Yeah. So it sounds like you actually had some leeway there in creating some positive cash flow. Uh, and, and, and the leeway from the nonprofit as well, uh, helped you to, I guess, maybe capitalize the business to somewhat get it off the ground and get it going. Yeah, that's definitely true. I mean, a lot of those nonprofits kind of get a bad, bad rap, but in this particular instance, you know, it did exactly what it was supposed to do. I mean, composite advantage ended up creating, you know, over a hundred jobs, uh, you know, with basically them offering two years of deferment of rent payment, uh, you know, as their cost, which they ended up getting whole on anyway. But the return on investment of that 
that nonprofit was pretty enormous, you know, towards its mission of job creation. Yeah. Well, uh, congratulations, uh, Andy. And so in working your way through that challenge of, of overconfidence at an early age and making mistakes and, and so forth, if you, if you look back on that, um, what did you take away from it? What, what would you have changed? What would you do different or what, what did you learn from that experience? Uh, listening more, uh, you know, realizing that you don't have all the answers. Uh, you know, so I started doing a number of things, uh, you know, probably six, seven years ago. Uh, one of them was joining chief executive boards was one of those, uh, you know, and that was aimed at surrounding myself with other, other people that, you know, or other peers or mentors that are going through the same things, uh, you know, really kind of highlighted some of the things that I didn't know, uh, you know, and kept reinforcing that over time. I think the other big change I made at that point was reading a lot more, reading a lot more uh, business books and, and really trying to open my head to learning, you know, from the mistakes other people have made. Uh, but I think most importantly for myself is being honest with myself about what I am actually good at doing and what I'm not. Uh, and, you know, just having that honest conversation with myself has been incredibly important uh, to aligning the business where I'm doing the things that matter and that I'm good at. Uh, and having other people do the parts that I'm not. And then, you know, most importantly, they're actually letting them do it. Uh, so, so are you saying that you had a few moments of self-realization, Andy? Uh, uh, I don't think we have enough time to talk about all of that. But <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I think in my mid mid thirties, you know, I'm, I'm 40 right now, but in my mid thirties, I really went through that stage in my life where I, uh, you know, figured out, I really didn't know everything. Uh, and maybe that probably corresponded to when my seven year old was born. I didn't really think about that till now, but, uh, but probably had something to do with it. Wouldn't it have been nice, Andy, if we could have had someone at at that age to sort of just take us aside earlier and say, "Hey, um, you don't know as much as you as you think you know," and because uh, I, I had a lot of that uh, in in me as well, and I, I recall in my in my twenties and and my thirties that I, I thought I had a lot of answers, and and uh, boy, did I ever learn later on that I, I didn't, and. Uh, so it would have been it would have been nice to have a mentor to take take uh, take me aside and say, "Hey, Kevin, uh, you might want to listen a little bit more." Right. Uh, yeah, and that comes with surrounding yourself with people that you respect that kind of have a believability about to you, whoever the person is. You know, every person's got to decide that for themselves. But having people that you would consider believable telling you that. Yeah, you know, has a lot of impact, especially when it's repeated over time. Um, yeah. So, Andy, uh, we talked a little bit about your biggest challenge here and how you've overcome that. Let's uh, let's let's turn the page here and talk about what's been your uh, greatest success so far in uh, in running a company. Yeah, you know, the biggest global success. I mean, we started Composite Advantage when I was twenty six, and you know, we sold it. Uh, in 2018. So, you know, about 12 years of existence. 
you know, and we exited that. Uh, now, you know, the thing I'm most proud of in that is being able to do that without any equity investment. Uh, you know, we've basically bootstrapped finance that, you know, up to an $18 million a year company, uh, you know, with bank and uh, customer financing, you know, and we're able to be creative and figure out ways to, you know, finance things and make that work. Uh, yeah, which was definitely a challenge, but obviously, you know, was nice in the regard that, you know, you had complete control over everything that you were doing. Uh, so, you know, from a biggest success globally, I, I would definitely have to say that. I'm some, something I'm very proud of. Yeah, to be able to take a company from inception, grow it to be an $18 million a year company, you had, what, over 100 employees, I think you said? Right. And yep. uh, and and to be able to have a successful exit uh, with that company, uh, I would imagine that is a tremendous feeling yeah, of success, and, Andy. Yeah, and you know, the part of the reason we sold is we couldn't do that anymore. Uh, we got to the point where, uh, you know, we were just getting too big uh, that we needed some amount of equity, and you know, that's really what kind of spurred the decision to do that. Uh, yeah, but now the company is in a much better cash position to really take it to the next level uh, that, you know, at some point you're not able to to kind of bootstrap the growth rate that we had. So Andy, if, you know, looking back uh, throughout your career and taking it from inception and bootstrapping it and taking it through to be a company that was $18 million that you were able to eventually uh, successfully sell and, and have a, a very successful exit. What what do you think is the, the the key thing that contributed to that success? People. Uh, I think it's kind of you know I think most people would say that, but and in our case, is a hundred percent true. Uh, you know, realizing that I'm not the best at everything, and hiring people that are better at various disciplines, putting them in those positions. And then most importantly, letting them actually do it. I think one of the problems that business owners and leaders get into is that put people in those positions, but then don't actually give them the authority to execute it. I mean, there's a reason you hired someone that knows more about it. Uh, You should listen to those people when they tell you this is what we should do. Uh, And, you know, kind of coming to that realization putting people in those right positions, uh, you know, really created a turning point in our operation. Uh, as we went, you know, in the, from 2013, we were about $5 million a year. And 2018, we were $18 million. Uh, you know, and basically the difference there was putting, rearranging, you know, our people and putting the right people in roles and taking kind of a lot of the response, day-to-day responsibility actually away from the owners, you know, myself and Scott, uh, and putting it in the control of people that were actually better at it than we were. Andy, I'm going to go off script here just a little bit here, and I'm going to ask you throughout this journey, how do you think the journey that that you went through with with bootstrapping this company and and taking it through this journey? How do you think that affected your personal life and and your personal relationships? For me, uh, 
I don't think it did affect them much. I mean, I I guess I'm young. I have always very much valued that work-life balance and that, you know, I set up rules for myself that, you know, when it's five o'clock, I leave. Uh, and, I, you know, so I think that's very much benefited, you know, my personal relationship with my kids and my family. Uh, so, you know, the other benefit of putting the right people in these positions is I don't have to do everything. Uh, so I'm able to structure the company where I don't have to be there uh, every hour of the day. And I think, you know, relinquishing that control is really, really difficult for people. Uh, I know it wasn't simple for me. Uh, and I think, but that's vastly benefited my personal relationships, both with my wife uh, and my kids. You know, a lot of people don't get that aspect, Andy, that, that uh, one does uh, find that their business can intertwine with their personal and, and family relationships and, and if you if you allow it to. And so I'm glad yeah. to see that that you that you placed a priority on balance in your life. And I'm, I'm sure that that's made you uh, not only a, a better husband and father and, and friend to people, but also probably more productive and, and a better uh, better leader at, at work as well. A lot of people yeah. don't realize those those correlations, but um, what what would you say about that? Yeah, I think there are a lot of correlations there. I think you know, backing up a second, it really comes down to where you're where you get your value from as a as a person. So if you get a lot of value from yourself at home, then you're going to want to you know prioritize that more. I think business owners in general put so much weight on their self-worth and value over their business's success. Uh, you know, that is a lot of problems for your, for people's home life, but also it causes you to make somewhat irrational decisions at work when you're, you know, that when that business is so intertwined with your self-worth, I think it's very difficult for people to step back and make rational decisions. So for me, Having that balance and knowing that all of my self-worth isn't coming from the business uh, makes me a lot less dispassionate about it uh, and I think allows me to make better decisions. You know, those are such words, uh, Andy, and I can't tell you how many people I've run into that feel like they identify themselves as you know, merely the CEO or the president or the owner of, of a business. Uh, and they don't identify themselves in any, in any other way. In other words, so I'll ask them, Hey, what, what's your hobbies? What do you like to do? What do you like to do to have fun? Well, I don't have any, you know, uh, I, I work. <laughs> what a, what a pitiful, uh, what, what a pitiful existence, uh, that must be. I agree. Uh, yeah, yeah I agree. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like you never you never tied yourself up uh, into that kind of a, a relationship or thinking that your self worth was was really tied to your business. But uh, given that you have had a very successful business and and still do, I mean, what is it that makes you optimistic about the future of uh, Composite Advantage? Uh, I think you know it's, it's kind of switched for me. You know, now that I've, I've 
exited, you know, from a financial stake in the business. I mean, I, I still run the, the business unit, but for me, it's kind of switched a little bit more to more of a mentoring, uh, developing people. So, you know, what makes me optimistic about it is, you know, the people that are in that business and, and giving them opportunities to grow. Uh, he's now with additional cash and resources that we have as, as part of our the bigger family that we're part of now, you know, it allows for a lot more growth potential. Uh, and for the people, uh, you know, that, that work under me, it, it gives them a lot more opportunities going forward. Uh, you know, both inside of our business unit, but we were bought by a, a publicly traded entity. So, you know, worldwide, we have, you know, 4,500 employees now. Uh, so there's a lot of, of things that those people can do to, to better themselves or go after things that are more interesting to them, uh, you know, and whatnot. What a great feeling that must be, Andy, that you've set it up to where all those people that you've hired throughout the years now have additional growth opportunities. They have additional opportunities to maybe cross train or to uh, move into different areas or do something different and and, and have some different growth avenues in, in their lives as well. And so no wonder you're optimistic about the future of, of this company. Uh, with the with the new additional resources that you have, the the additional scale uh, opportunities and so forth, that that must just be a wonderful feeling. Oh, it is. It's it's great. I mean, we talked. I didn't talk about it much earlier, but a lot of our employees, uh, you know, have kind of grown uh, up into their positions. You know, for example, our our production manager that manages you know hundred floor operators used to be a floor operator. Uh, and that's kind of been our model is finding people with the aptitude, not necessarily the experience. So giving them more opportunities uh, to grow is, is a huge passion. You know, like we also hire a lot of felons and, um, you know, people with criminal records and things because, you know, personally we're very passionate about giving those people opportunities to advance and, and better their lives. So, uh, you know, that's part of where that optimism comes from is being able to see them, you know, grow, you know, economically and in ability uh, is really rewarding. And if you had the chance to do it all over again, what's the one thing you think you would do over or you would change? Uh, I think I would hire probably hire people with a little bit more experience uh, a little earlier. Uh, you know, those first years were pretty rough trying to do everything uh, myself. You know, and there's kind of a balance there as a new startup and that you can't afford to hire six high-level positions and have all these great people because you just can't afford it. Uh, but, you know, for me... I would do that earlier the next time uh, and not wait as long as we did. I think that really slowed down our growth. If we would have done that earlier, uh, you know, our growth would have been, you know, years faster. Okay. So basically investing in, in higher caliber people from the onset, making going ahead and taking the plunge and making that investment, it sounds like. Correct. 
yes. Uh, yeah, if you can afford it, uh, I think you should do it. Yeah, that's okay. kind of more of the mantra. Uh, probably the, one of the biggest things I've learned. Well, as you said earlier, the the, the people were the uh, I, I guess the key to what you what you uh, had for your success, and and uh, you probably could have accelerated that a little bit. Andy, it's been a real pleasure uh, hearing your story today and talking about the challenges and the successes uh, that you've had and how it's impacted your personal life uh, and and how you've how you've approached that. Um, it's always great to hear different perspectives on how people uh, have have led through a successful uh, bootstrapping of their business and 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 a successful exit. Uh, so we're about out of time and I'd like to wrap this up. And, and so I'm going to ask you, where can people go to learn more about composite advantage and possibly contact you if, if they'd like to learn more? Sure. Uh, uh, definitely. You can go to compositeadvantage.com. Uh, that's probably the primary place. I mean, we're also active on all of the social media platforms, uh, as well. If you search composite advantage, uh, you'll definitely find us, but, uh, the easiest place is to, to go to the website and obviously all the contact information for all the appropriate people is, you know, directly on that website. Well, Andy, congratulations to you and to all the great folks at Composite Advantage and for what you guys have done. And I look forward to hearing more about the uh, success of, of the company and the organization in the future. Uh, my guest today has been Andy Law. Uh, with Composite Advantage in Dayton, Ohio. Andy, it's been a real pleasure having you on the show. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Kevin. The Lessons from the Boardroom podcast is sponsored by Chief Executive Boards. It's lonely at the top, but that doesn't mean you need to go it alone. We've got your back. At Chief Executive Boards, you have access to business best practices, insights, and resources that can help you eliminate the stress, anxiety, and pitfalls of running a business. Whenever you're ready, here's how we can help. Number one, get a copy of Kevin's book, In Search of Balance, The Business Owner's Guide to Building a Business and a Life at chiefexecutiveboards.com slash book. Number two, attend a Chief Executive Boards event in your area to find out if CEVI can help you. For a list of upcoming events in your area, go to chiefexecutiveboards.com slash events or call 864 Five two seven five nine one seven.